Hello, and welcome to the Para-Unity Podcast. Tonight we have with us Anthony Day from Orange County Ghosts and Legends that's based out of Southern California. But before we bring Anthony on, let's talk a little bit about that area. Orange County is a region in Southern California with more than 40 miles of coastline. Part of the Los Angeles metropolitan area, it is the third largest, most populated county in California and sixth in the nation. It's known for Anaheim's Disneyland Resort and nearby in Buena Park, is Knott's Berry's Farm. Cities with surf beaches include Huntington Beach with its surfing museum, Newport Beach's boat-filled harbor sits opposite Balboa Peninsula, and Laguna Beach has tide pools and oceanfront Crystal Cove State Park. Orange County was incorporated in August of 1889 and was named Orange County so that the sounded Mediterranean and semi-tropical to the East Coast people. Asking locals to tell you about some seemingly innocent-looking locations around the Orange County, they'll be only too happy to tell you about all the stranger sides of the area. Tales including apparitions, light anomalies, and even unexplained noises will soon have you seeing Orange County in an entirely different light. One place is Red Cross in Anaheim, where the ghost of the caretaker will match up couples, usually by pushing them together, if he deems them a good match. Next is Yorba Cemetery, holding numerous spirits, including one named the Pink Lady. There is also the Katie Wheeler Library in Irvine that is believed to still have Katie and her father James walking the rooms. They also have the Stanley House in Garden Grove, Black Star Canyon in Silverado, and yes, even Disneyland. Who has reported apparitions of a lady that supposedly died on the Matterhorn ride and a weeping child? One odd note for Disneyland... The scattering of loved ones' ashes has become something of a tradition at Disneyland, even though it's actually forbidden. Employees regularly have to clean up ashes and bone fragments. Now, help me welcome to the Para-Unity Podcast, Anthony Day, for a first-hand look at some great haunted locations and some insight into the science of paranormal investigations used in Orange County. Anthony, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure. Well, what got you interested in the paranormal? Uh, it all started when uh, I was 10 years old, actually. I was living in Rochester, Minnesota at the time, and I was babysitting my nieces and nephews on a huge property uh, called the Mayo Clinic property, which is the people that were on there founded the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. And I was looking out the window one night, and I'm like, there shouldn't be anyone walking around here. It was like this dark, full-figured shadowy person i'm like huh like that's weird you know it's all locked in and gated in and i was like that's interesting that's not normal <laughs> yeah that'll definitely catch and, your attention yeah exactly and uh had another experience that same night actually when i was trying to fall asleep um there's a huge darker than dark mass that came just kind of walking right in front of my face going upstairs where my nieces and nephew were and uh i talked to my brother about it because he kind of mentioned uh, I think Ghost Hunters was on at that time, or one of those shows. And uh, I was trying to get an understanding of it. He was like, oh, that's, you know, something that they call paranormal. And I was like, what's that? So I Googled and did a bunch of computer research and fell in love with it ever since. <laughs> trying to get an understanding. Oh, absolutely. It'll definitely suck you in. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, you're talking about how even as a kid you're starting to see some of this stuff, and your interest sounds like just c continued to grow as you got a little bit older. Um, how long have you actually been investigating? 
Oh, geez. Let's see. I've been investigating since I was 17 years old, and I'm turning 30 this June. So, give or take, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> More than half your life, right? Or close to it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, you said you're originally from up in Minnesota's around the Rochester area. I have some family up that way, so I'm very familiar. Um, tell me a little bit about your team that you had there. Um, so I had a team there called Paranormal Truth, and it was literally just me and three other coworkers. I blab a lot at work about the paranormal because I get really excited, really stoked about it. I follow news. I follow other podcasts myself. Um, I know someone who's really into it, an investigator, and they're like, hey, you like ghost hunting? And I was like, yeah, and we just kind of banded together and wanted to join and you know, got some promotional materials and I found a logo designer and kind of got it kicked up off the ground and started doing, Minnesota's a very laid back state, so some locations were harder to get into than others or say if I was a solo investigator trying to get permission, it would have been a little bit easier. Uh, but we had a lot of private residents um, hit us up and for their interesting stories. So it was just a great thing that kind of came out of nowhere. It was unexpected, and it took off fairly well uh, at a fairly fast pace. Cool. Um, what would have been your favorite place that you'd say in Minnesota that you investigated? I am a cemetery junkie. So we took a road trip, uh, a break, during a private resident investigation and went down farther south to uh, St. Peter, Minnesota, and we investigated a notorious cemetery there called Green Lawn Cemetery. Um, and I tell you, Brandon, when I got to the gate, there was already stuff happening before we even started to investigate. <laughs> what kind of stuff did you find? Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. Uh, we actually found uh, it's known for, like, rituals and, like, witches to be there. Um, so we found a little sack uh, by one of the gravestones of a lieutenant colonel. Um, his name is Sanders, and there's like little tools and like a little pentagram metal, and it was like kind of crazy stuff that you know you only really hear about in movies. Um, there's a lot of rustling, um, seeing shadows. Uh, I felt like there's kind of like an apparition that we all saw at different times because we were setting up our X cam out in the field, you know, cross check to debunk anything or anyone that might be walking around. And we saw the silver mist just kind of walk through all at the same time, but we were at our different stations. Um, we were able to cross-check that on the cameras. Later. So it was really interesting, just really a lot of stuff going on. It's an old cemetery, too, so a lot of rich history behind it. Yeah, that sounds like it. It kind of reminds me of a place we have near here. I'm in Iowa, and over by Cedar Rapids, Iowa, there's a little town called Palo. They have a... a cemetery there its nickname is the 13 step cemetery because that night a 13th step appears and they say that there's a portal there that as you walk into the cemetery but they have they have like uh ghost dogs with red eyes that appear and shadows and there's even a tombstone there that they say is a, a tombstone of a witch so mm -hmm. there's lots of crazy stuff that shows up there kind of reminded me of that so yeah very Okay, well, you did your ghost hunting in Minnesota, and then you followed the love of your life out to California. Yep. And now you're rested cozy right there in Laguna Niguel in the Orange County, right? Yes. 
Okay, and you found a team out there. What's your team out there? Um, so I'm part of a team called Orange County Ghosts and Legends, um, or as we like to shorten our acronym to OCGL. <laughs> um, it was uh, I actually found it because uh, the love of my life is also on that team, and so she is friends with our director, uh, Chris August. Uh, they've been friends for a long time, and I did a preliminary background and, you know, kind of like a little audition and told them what I was good at and got on the team. Sounds good. How many people do you guys have? Uh, so right now we have, we're capped at 10. Um, a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds, uh, which helps, you know, we have our audio and tech people, um, we have our research people. Uh, so we're all just a close, intimate, nice family now with our different specialties. Yeah, it sounds like it. I was kind of looking at your guys' website a little bit earlier, and I saw that, you know, it sounds like you have a little bit of everything on your team between historians and researchers to report writers to your investigators and everything else. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's neat. (laughs) Okay. Well, I know you said that you guys are kind of based there in Orange County, but you do cover all of California and some of the surrounding states and stuff. Um, Tell me a little bit about Orange County, that Orange County area. Um, so our biggest attraction really that we have for our investigation um, out there is Black Star Canyon. Uh, it's so chock full of history, and it's not even just paranormal and ghosts. There's been sightings, um, UFO sightings um, out there, and it goes for miles. There's an old mining shaft there. Um, it's just one of our signature locations that we have that a lot of people love going on. Um, so that's our favorite kind of spot. It's a popular spot that's requested often <laughs> for our tours and events that we do. Yeah, because your guys' team does more than just investigations too, right? Yep, exactly. We do tours. We hold other private events. We'll volunteer at societies that we're part of, you know, just to get a foot out there and you know, help our guests and our clients out. That's awesome. It's nice to see a team that's able to get out there and do a lot of different stuff in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so with OC, what do you guys, what would you say is your favorite place that you guys have investigated? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, I love, I'm sure it's, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. It's the, uh, Brackenfern Manor in Tudor house in Lake Arrowhead, California. Um, it was episode done on Ghost Adventures uh, a while back. Uh, it's one, the area of Lake Arrowhead itself is beautiful and it's full of Native American history, um, which is a common theme that we see, especially out here in California. Um, and it's just, it was amazing. We had a double lockdown um, one weekend last year. It was the third annual thing. The first time that I got to be a part of when I joined the team uh, place I had always wanted to go to, and you know we hit it off really well. Our guests were amazing, and we were able to engage them, uh, you know, into helping us investigate. Like they were investigators too. Well, we had someone lead and go through the history of the Brackenfern Manor and Tudor House, and we got to stay in the rooms and investigate the rooms and have an overnight, like a bed and breakfast, basically. So it was really cool. Okay. Well, what was some of the stuff you guys found? Oh, geez. Um, we seem to get a lot of audio evidence. Um, we did a solitary uh, 
lockdown. So we had one guest, we had two guests during our break, um, going to two different locations on the property. And one of the biggest things about the property, uh, the most notorious room that's known for is the Jasmine room on the top floor. And it's said to be that uh, Ralph, allegedly, that's what we name him, um, Spirit, that's there. He got tossed out the window by the mob mafia. Because um, it's also alleged that Bugsy Siegel uh, was at the Brackenfern Manor and gambling and you know, the prohibition period, uh, alcohol and booze, bootlegging. Uh, so Jasmine Room went up there, the solitary attendant, and uh, it was crazy. There was a lot of EVPs. We had them on our SB11 spirit box to try out equipment and serve ourselves. And so we were asking questions where they couldn't hear us and they were spitting out answers related to what happened to Ralph in that room. So it was really cool to get that kind of validation. That was like my favorite part of the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, it sounds <laughs> like it. <laughs> Is there any other ones that really kind of stand out in your mind? I had a personal experience when I was there. Um, the second night we were doing solitary, I had escorted someone down to the basement, uh, which where in the back of the basement goes to uh, where they had like a trap door to lower um, their alcohol at the time because, you know, they were doing it illegally, of course, because it was prohibition. Sure. And uh, I was standing on the steps outside and sat on my walkie like, okay, you know, we're all squared away, ready to go. And they got a 25-minute period to be in there. And I'm standing on the steps, looking around, kind of guarding, make sure there's, you know, no contamination around. And all of a sudden, I hear, like, running footsteps right up behind me. And I'm, like, turning around. I was really confused for a second. I was like, did my attendant, like, just run from all the way down to the end of the basement back up here? <laughs> like, to get my attention and not use the lock here or whatever. And uh, I was just confused. And so I was like, okay, you know, hearing footsteps all the time. And uh, I uh, later to come find out, my director had the same validating experience from two years prior when we first did the annual lockdown there at the Brackenfield Manor. <laughs> wow. So it was cool to get validation from him. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Anytime you get that kind of validation like that, especially from other people, you just kind of sense chills up your spine. Oh, yeah, because it's exciting. You know, it never gets boring. And we're always trying to validate that something unexplained is there. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, what's your favorite type of equipment to use? See, I have a lot. I have a big arsenal. Uh, my favorite equipment to use would probably be the REM pod. <laughs> okay. So we, had a, we have a bunch of them, and we'll set them up in various spots on our different locations. Uh, you know, and it seems to be a, a great tool to, you know, spurt out electromagnetic fields so that, you know, the entities, spirits can come feed off the energy and we always get some hit on it. And what's nice about it is that it makes some kind of noise. So you set it down somewhere, you go off and do something else or talk about history or investigate another spot and you hear it go off and you know that no one's there, then you know it's probably something unexplained <laughs> yeah exactly have you guys had any problems with your walkie talkies with your rem pods at all oh yeah all the time even uh some of the spear boxes too we have one specific walkie talkie that just sets it sets everything off 
<laughs> yeah, we had that problem too. We were investigating a theater and we had the REM pod sitting on the stage and we were trying to communicate with one of our other teams to come meet back up and all of a sudden the REM pod started going crazy and it's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, um, do you have any kind of tips or tricks that work better, that work pretty good for you guys for getting responses? Um, my biggest tip is we do something called tagging. It's a cross-contamination thing. Make sure there's no outside contamination. Um, so say like we're in a circle, we're in different spots. If you move around and you have a recorder down, you know, say like tag Anthony just walked. It really helps you deconnect, decontaminate uh, the scenario and your situation and what's going on around you. Um, that's my biggest tip. It took me forever to get used to doing that on the team. <laughs> yeah. Because I never, I, I utilized a different system uh, back home with my team. Um, so it was just, it's the best thing, best thing to do because then everyone's accountable and you can cross check everything when you go back over your evidence. Yeah. My biggest problem I had was I get, I'd get too excited. And I mean, I've been doing this now for like 12 or 13 years now. Right. And my biggest problem was, especially at the beginning, I'd get too excited. And I'd forget to wait for responses. <laughs> so I just kind of, I mean, I guess podcasting is a great forum to go into if you can't shut up. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that too. You're just popping out questions or you're popping out questions, not even related to, you know, that alleged entity that may be there. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of waiting to get a response. I said, is it my turn yet? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I've done that too. That's me too. Because it is exciting, you know, when something happens or you're waiting for something to happen, it is really exciting, you know, you're just kind of like <laughs> trying to hold it in. <laughs> yep, especially you're sitting in the dark and all your senses yeah. are all heightened up. Yep, absolutely. That's so, the best part. <laughs> yep, it is. So you talked a little bit about your group in Minnesota. We've also talked about your group here in California. Now tell me a little bit about your blog that you said you have. Um, so the biggest thing with my blog is I've always been the creative writer. Um, I like to kind of just sit and have a coffee or let my brain explore uh, possible theories um, that happen in our anomalous world that we have going on. Sure. So it's a really it's really just a theory based blog or you know, trying to come up with experiments. Okay, and that's called the Paranormal Truth Blog, correct? Yes, it is. Okay, and do you have a website for that? I do. It is on uh, DeviantArt. Okay. And the back, backslash Paranormal Truth. Okay, yep, definitely send me that link and we'll get it posted onto the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, and then kind of switching it back a little bit to your group here in Orange County, do you guys have any public events coming up? Uh, we do, actually. Um, perfect timing, too. So we are right now promoting the event uh, called the David Allman House. Okay. Um, not sure if you're familiar with that story. but uh, No, can you tell me a little bit about it? For sure. 150 feet away from the David Allman House is where the uh, murders of Sharon Tate before others took place. Oh, and okay. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a pretty, they were already getting a lot of hits, a lot of people wanting to come and to investigate. Uh, he has YouTube videos up um, on his channel uh, showing 
uh, paranormal evidence that happens like all the time. So it's a pretty big event that we have going on. We also do uh, tours every week. So whether it's uh, our San Juan Capistrano locations, or we have our privateers in San Diego at the Steam Ferry Berkeley and the Star of India. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then just for the people that aren't really familiar with the history of it, the Shannon Tate, she was uh, one of the Charles Manson's victims, correct? Yep, you're absolutely correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I my history was going in the right direction. Yep, um, you got it. <laughs> is there a way for anybody, if they're interested in coming on any of your tours or to book you guys, that they can get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely through our website, ocghostandlegends.com. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can go through me, whether my email um, or phone number too as well. We're very open. We, we want people. We want to engage them. We want them to book us for anything, you know. It be we do parties and birthday parties and any kind of events you can think of. So. Sure. Okay, I know you talked a little bit about doing these public events and the ghost tours and stuff. Do you guys still work on doing in-home investigations for people? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's more, you know, we get found out by someone, or we'll even mention it, too, when we go to events. Because we go to con- conventions as well. So we've been to, like, Zombie Fest and Midsummer Scream and all that um, to promote. And so we really interact with our guests and hear their stories of what they have going on. And all that makes them comfortable enough to feel free and reach out to us uh, for anything that could you know, be happening in their home or wherever their location is. Great. I know a lot of people like to know that they have that somebody that they can turn to. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, normally people are so scared to say something because, you know, we are afraid of things that are unexplained or unknown. <laughs> yep, and it always kind of carries that little kind of overshadowing where they don't want to feel like the weird people and don't know where, exactly. don't know who to talk to. Exactly. So just to put a little twist to that... Um, since you've been doing it for so long, have you been unfortunate enough to run anything rather dark? Uh, I have back when I was investigating uh, in Minnesota. Um, Our first investigation actually uh, was a coworker, was the client, um, who, uh, cliche scenario, um, not only used one, but two Ouija boards with a friend down in her basement. Oh, and so. I guess it stirred up some issues and problems and also come to find um, the place that the location where she was at, the property, was uh, Native American Indian burial grounds. <laughs> so there's a lot of, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You got a lot coming from, you know, one side with her being immature and not knowing how to close the portal on the board. And then you have the Native Americans that are kind of ticked off because, you know, they sprout up uh, residents there on their property, on their burial grounds. <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it was a very lengthy um, investigation, being as she was a close friend of mine. Uh, I did everything in my power to help her out. Uh, everyone on my team got affected in a negative way. So oh. whether that was uh, one of my members got severely sick for two weeks, uh, my other member was paranoid for the longest time that something had followed her home from that location uh and it honestly kind of made me mad it's like you know who are you or what are you to mess with my team (laughs) yep (laughs) absolutely 
And, and that's one of the things that we do with my team is when we go in, we give a let, kind of an introduction of ourselves to the, you know, whatever whatever could possibly be there, just letting them know, hey, we're not here to hurt you. Do not reciprocate it. You don't need to be following us home or attaching to equipment or cars or anything like that. It's just to kind of kind of help cover ourselves. So. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, you know, as far as you know, people say, "Oh, is it a demon?" I don't think it's necessarily that. I think there's a lot less demonic cases than it is just, you know, if you're a super cranky person in real life, you're probably going to be a super cranky person in death. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I completely agree with you there. So, I mean, we, you know, I went as far as to um, bring in a shaman and we did a Native American offering and buried it there on the property. And I haven't heard about anything bad happening since to my client. So good. Something good, good came out of it. <laughs> absolutely. That's what you always hope for. Exactly. Okay. Well, switching back to. California again. It's kind of fun having you because I got two different places I can kind of pick your brain about at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in California, you're talking about Blackwater or the was it Black Star Canyon? Excuse me. Oh, yeah, Black Star Canyon. Yep. You were saying a little bit about the UFO sightings. Do you guys get into that UFOlogy and doing the research and investigation on those as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a big thing. Um, our director actually is really into uh, UFOs. Um, anything of that sort. And it's a pretty common site out there in Black Star. So. Okay, that's really cool. Do you guys get, is there like cryptid sightings and stuff out there too? Yes, we have a lot. Of, Black Star is kind of your everything for every kind of, so we'll have our uh, our ghosts out there, we'll have our UFOs, we'll have the cryptid sightings or strange, unexplained creatures um, that are out there <laughs> that kind of confuse everyone like oh was it a dog was that some kind of animal <laughs> yeah it really kind of makes you curious what kind of spiritual history is belongs to that canyon to be able to pull so much stuff in there exactly that's cool all right well anything else you wanted to add uh just absolutely check us out on oc ghost and legends you know we don't just do california we've investigated in arizona and nevada as well so any place that is haunted uh, calls our name, so don't be afraid to hit us up and book us or communicate with us on anything that's going on. We'd love to help you out, and we love educating uh, everyone that's out there about what we do and what we're passionate about. Sounds great. All right, like I said, this was Anthony Day with Orange County Ghosts and Legends. Make sure to check them out on Facebook. You can also find them on their website. And, Anthony, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Appreciate having me on your show. Yep, you have a good day. Yep, you too. Thanks again to Anthony with Orange County Ghosts and Legends for being our guest today, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. My name is Brandon, and you've been listening to the best place to bring our paranormal teams a little closer together, the Para Unity Podcast. <laughs>